Love Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on. Talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on. From the NFL to the NBA. MLB and college hoops do it all day. College football, we know who's number one. Understand, on the phones, you know we get it done. So call in 718-664-9098, and we'll give you more. Talking sports, uh, yes we do. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. It's March Madness, and we're happy to talk brackets. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay Eric Taylor, and I know there's no perfect brackets remaining, but that's okay. We'll preview it. We'll talk about the round of 32, the crazy upsets, 13 overall, but really eight major ones. And we will discuss it. Give us a call, 718-664-9098. Like always, your emails and maybe your new Final Four picks, <laughs> send them to rayandtaytoday at gmail.com. Check out rayandtaytoday.com, Twitter, iTunes, Facebook, Instagram. We're everywhere. Man, Ray, look, they set a record for 13 upsets, but we know the nines and the tens. Those aren't real upsets. Those teams are, are you know, le- legitimately pretty much equal. But from 11 to 15 seeds, eight teams pulled off upsets. We got to talk about Thursday and Friday. I got to ask you, what was the biggest shocking moment for you? And really, can you believe that Izzo is gone? Because that's got to be the moment, right? Middle Tennessee State dominated the whole game, really had control. And Reggie Upshaw Jr. is now a star and a lot of new stars. Give me your thoughts on yesterday, and then we'll work our way to Thursday in Middle Tennessee State. Right? Okay. I don't know if Ray's there. So, well, listen. Can you hear me? Okay, now you're there. I was like, what happened to Ray? Oh, sorry. Maybe some technical difficulties. I was saying it's unfortunate that three games ended at 12.15 on the East Coast within about 10 minutes of each other, and all of them came down to the last possession or two. So the, the... UNI, Texas game, the St. Uh. Joe's game, and the Maryland game, those were those were just great, great finishes at the same time. And I, I don't know if our audience saw them, but those are great finishes. I have to tell you, the shocker, of course, was Tom Izzo's squad going down. But you know what? It makes me feel that much better about Middle Tennessee State, which was what you said is – they led from start to finish. They dominated that game, Control. even though Michigan State had Denzel Washington and they had Forbes Denzel and they Valentine. had Washington. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm thinking about our our bracket. Think about our seniors bracket that everybody exactly. needs to go vote on at TinkSports.com, and you can mail in your picks. Mail at TinkSports.com for all the entertainers. That's what Ray's thinking about. <laughs> No, absolutely, but that was crazy that Michigan State lost and was dominated like that. 
I totally it was sad. didn't expect You felt sad for the kids, didn't you? I mean, because you saw the on their face and almost just the, the shock that it slipped from their hands because they knew they had the easiest bracket. They had beaten Virginia two years in a row, and all the tea leaves were saying, we're going to the Final Four, and they lose the first game. Reggie Upshaw, Ray. Uh, is Ray ready to name his uh, first son Reggie Upshaw? Because I, yo, that was that was impressive. So let that me was ask a you heck of a performance. Out of all these upsets, right? And and we said thirteen for a record, but eight of the majors from eleven to fifteen. You have Reggie Upshaw from Middle T- Tennessee State. You have Stephen F. Austin, Thomas Walkup with thirty three points. You have Makai Mason from Yale with thirty one points. You have Josh. Hagens with 31 um, from uh, Arkansas Little Rock. Which one to you was the biggest performance and is the the brightest of the new stars? So I have to say that as a team, it was the Middle Tennessee upset. But as an individual, one player, exactly. But as an individual, I got to tell you, I was so impressed with Stephen F. Austin. And your boy Thomas Walkup, mm. 33 points, nine rebounds, four assists. Stephen F. Austin basically said to West Virginia, your press doesn't affect us. Not only does your press not affect us, and this is something that you learn in life with bullies <laughs> and you learn in basketball. Teams that want to trap and turn you over typically don't like to be pressured and turned over themselves. So what Stephen F. Austin did is they said, you know what? You're trying to bully us? Well, we're going to bully you, and we're going to flip the script on you, and we're going to turn you over, and we're going to make life hectic for you. And you just saw those kids with so much confidence in the beginning of the game, in the middle of the game, and, of course, at the end of the game when, when obviously West Virginia was in desperation mode. But – all the credit in the world goes to that Stephen F. Austin squad, starting with Thomas Walker, but the whole team. I mean, they dominated start to finish and beat West Virginia at their own game. So everybody kept saying West Virginia. Even I thought that they would go to the Elite Eight because they're a tough matchup. They press. It's like the, the old Arkansas 40 minutes of help, but not today. I guess if you have four days to prepare, good for them. They prepared. They were ready. Five days to prepare, I guess. It was incredible. I also got to give props to Hawaii, the 13th seed. Quincy Smith had 19 points. They had three starters and double figures. It was one of the upsets that I called. And, you know, seeing that team, and now Cal had, you know, some injuries, a bench player, and, and, and obviously the starting point guard. But, Ray, the way that Hawaii plays, the free-flowing, you know, the Rainbow Warriors making fun of their uh, name, they really, I mean, this team, they got swag and they don't care. And I'm telling you, my Maryland Terrapins are going to have their hands full. But I want to get to the number one seed. They all looked pretty good. You know, maybe a couple of questions or whatever. But this is the question I want to propose to you before we get to moving forward with the preview, though. But just sort of status quo where we're at. Kansas, UVA, UNC, and Oregon. Who was the most impressive and who do you think has now the easiest road to get to the Final Four? So for a stretch 
of basketball, I think Carolina looked phenomenal. When their two guards are playing and the three, four, five big men are doing their thing, Carolina looked great. Uh, they all really look good. Is, is, is the yeah, short. Oregon was impressive. Oregon was awesome, dominant from start to finish. Kansas yesterday, you know, no big deal. I think, though, the team that's breathing a sigh of relief is Virginia. They look good beating Hampton, but even better the next day, their nemesis. By the way, let's give props to Kansas. Put 105 on Austin (laughs) Peay yesterday. I know. So that's crazy. But, you know, first rounds can be deceptive, right? I don't want to draw too much. It's almost like spring training in baseball. You don't want to draw too much, uh, you know, about that. But I will say that Virginia looked really good against Hampton, and their one bugaboo for the last two tournaments has been Michigan State. And now that Michigan State's down, they are smiling. They have the Mountain Berry Kool-Aid smile down there in Charlottesville. So they are definitely, definitely, definitely the biggest uh, beneficiary of these upsets because I just think Michigan State's a bad matchup for them. They're just as experienced, just as intense defensively, but they're gone. So not to say that Middle Tennessee State can't play, but Virginia now looks like their their chances of going to the Final Four just increased, you know, tremendously. You know what? I want to ask you something about the conferences, but real quick, I just got to say his name on our show and for their first time ever. Look, Middle Tennessee and Yale both got their first, uh, I think, what, their tournament victories. But Yale, ladies and gentlemen, Makai Mason, 31 points. I think he hit, was it 19 or 22 from the free throw line? This kid was ice water. He's got swag, and they lost to Duke during the season. But you saw that inner confidence in him where he was just like, you know, being interviewed in the postgame. And he was like, it's okay. We, 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 know, we know what we're up against, and we're ready. So I, I got to tell you, today, that's one of the games I'm really looking forward to, Ray. Makai Mason is is legitimate, and that's going to be the Baylor team without their starting point guard, the Yale, the Yale Bulldogs, and a Baylor team that I had going to the Elite Eight. I had Baylor potentially taking down Kansas. So, you know, oh, brackets good. are bad. It's bad. The brackets are. Listen, this is, and I heard uh, ESPN was uh, saying uh, they have this uh, hashtag, or I mean, back backslash second chance. Uh, bracket. So I don't know if that's legit or you can actually fill out a second chance bracket. I don't know. I mean, you know, listen, you stick with your bracket, but let's, let's go over the conferences. Cause I, I kind of want to find out your overall thought. I mean, obviously there's not much to say six and one for the ACC. It's, and the one team we both kind of thought they didn't deserve to be there. Pitt loses to Wisconsin, the big East three and two, not bad. Big Ten, three and five, because, you know, Michigan played two games. Ugh, that's not too good. The Big 12, three and four, Iowa State, you know, stepped up for them. The Pac-12, really the worst of them all, two and five. And we said on the show, and I really banged the table for this even the week before the previous show, that I didn't think that the Pac-12 deserved more than four teams, maybe five at the most. And then the SEC, two and one, Kentucky and A&M looking really good. How who will have out of these probably the most going to the Sweet Sixteen? Now, obviously, the ACC has the most chances with six, but just projecting forward, who do you think will probably have the best record going into the Sweet Sixteen and just the rest of the tournament? 
I can't. You uh, can't say anybody but the ACC. I mean, look at their matchups, right? First, they have mm-hmm. the most number of teams, right? And then yeah. Duke gets to play a number twelve Yale team that they've already seen. Miami gets to play a Wichita State team, and you know I love Van Vliet and Baker, right. but Miami's it's pretty tough. tough. Today, they yeah. got that. Virginia looks really good. Carolina is is up and down, but they're still a number one seed. Um, so I got to think that the ACC and Syracuse get the break, not having to play Michigan State. <laughs> yeah, and Syracuse gets an easier matchup. So I got to think the ACC could win five or six games in the next round. Wow. You know that's and see that would be. I mean, if they put five teams in the Sweet Sixteen, right? That's 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 the ACC basketball that we know and love and grew up with, dominant in the '90s, especially with the Duke and Carolina teams. And it looks like they're back at being sort of, you know, dominant again. It's um, it's exciting. You know, it's really yeah, Notre exciting. Dame, right? Playing ACC ball now, they're looking good. I mean, they, they had a they had a tough matchup, but I think that only makes them stronger. Did you feel bad for Shaka last night? In Texas, that Northern Iowa, that that buzzer beater from half court was one of the best you're ever going to see. A three pointer, and then that the middle, crazy. and then the other kid who basically one millisecond, you know, maybe he should have laid it up instead of dunking it. Oh, in the Cincinnati game, yeah, that was oh, that was torture for that kid. Above the uh-huh. rim, in the cylinder, but still yeah. in his fingertips. And it could have sent it into overtime. You know, that type of stuff, Ray, that's the – listen, this, the NBA, I'm sorry, the NBA, the Super Bowl, we love, we love all these World Series, but there's nothing in sports that gives you sort of these pockets of days, right, where it's four days in the first weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then the next week you have the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, so it's eight days, and then – then it's Saturday, Monday. I mean, it's like 10 days of the craziest action ever to then, you know, to crown a champion. And the intensity, the passion, the blood, sweat, and tears you feel and you see from these kids, it's amazing. And shh, quiet is kept. Xavier, they are a team that looks like, Ray, they are ready to rumble in this tournament. And our boy Buddy Hill dropped 27, so... Listen, this is this is not over. Some of the top seeds are still standing. You know, we, there's always a lot of upsets, but it doesn't mean that the upset teams are going to continue on. You know what I mean? Yeah, I almost think that these upsets are going to kind of come to a halt pretty soon. So I'm not sure we're going to be seeing double-digit seeds in the Sweet 16 or even in the, you know, obviously in the Great Eight. So enjoy the – enjoy – See, I love Ray. Ray is old school. He still wants to say grade eight. It's elite eight, but every year Ray says grade eight because that's what we grew up with in the eight. It 80s. rhymes, man. Ray it rhymes. Is so you know, I'm old. spitting rhymes. Grade eight. <laughs> <laughs> Ray is old school. All right, let's move forward and let's preview. Let's go through the winners. We'll do it quickly. You know, they're about to tip off Wichita State, Miami. This is a great game. And I think the Shockers are so legit. They shouldn't have been 11 seed. I thought they should have been an eight or nine, but to be honest, I think it stops today because what Miami has is a scrappy team like them defense. They've got probably just as many scores 
And I think Laura is up to snuff with, with Marshall as a coach. So I'm going to take Miami to beat Wichita State. What are your thoughts about that game? Yeah, I agree. I think Angel Rodriguez will give uh, Van Vliet a run for the money. I think yeah. ultimately Wichita State doesn't have the size and the depth, so I think Miami wins one ACC advancing to the Sweet 16. Yep, and they're already up 5-2. to two. Next game, Yale-Duke. Ray, I want to go with Makai Mason, and I want to go with Yale, but I just think Duke, it's, it's too much posse, and I don't – I find that – when Kennard can score and hit the threes, and he did so last game a little bit, but when Plumlee's doing what he's doing and is active, but Ingram and Allen are too athletic, and they can, they can score and get their shot when they want to. So I think Duke will advance past Yale. I think you add in Kennard, and you have too much scoring, and I don't think Yale can match them. And Duke has always had trouble in the interior, but Plumlee's playing well enough to beat this Yale team, so I agree. Duke moves on. ACC team number two. Woof. Now this is the classic, the, the third game of the day on CBS before they start to get to the other networks. And by the way, they're all doing a great job. It's you know great to see um, um, the coach from last year, uh, R.J. Hunter, Ron Hunter, uh, you know the father of the uh, R.J. Hunter who's with the Celtics now from last year from Georgia State. Him and Seth Davis and Wally Zerriak are doing great. And, you know, Kenny and Chuck and them, it's funny. But, Ray, Indiana-Kentucky, this is literally flip a coin, a 4-5 matchup. Most of my brackets, I will say, and my, you know, bracket for our show, I pick Kentucky. But after watching both teams play, Indiana is – Tom Crane's got it. He's got a great team. Yogi's on fire. The, their freshman is ridiculous. They can score – for some reason, I'm going to change my pick. I'm going to go with Indiana. Mm, okay. See, I yeah. think that Ulysses is going to neutralize Yogi, and, or they're going to neutralize each other. Yeah. And you're going to have Murray. the next best squad, the next best player is Jamal Murray, and I think he's too tough for Indiana. I think Kentucky has enough size with uh, Scal and Lee, and um, you know they got a couple other people. When Alex Poitras, they have some, they have some size, they have some depth, they have some experience. Willis um, is good, yeah. Yeah, so I think even though Kentucky's younger, I, I still like Kentucky in this game. Yeah, I do too. But for some reason, there's something telling me with these upset wins to pick Indiana. University of Arkansas, Little Rock, baby. The 13, the 12 seed is going up against Iowa State. You know, Josh Hagens and those boys, they play some ball, right? Iowa State, Miang and them, I feel like they got to hold it up for the Big 12. Big 12 looked really bad. I thought Iona would win this game. I disrespected Iowa State, so I got a shout out. I'm sorry. And I'm going to go with Iowa State. I want Arkansas Little Rock to win, but I'm going to go with Iowa State here. I think that they uh, – they they got some focus and some purpose in this tournament now. You know what? I disagree. I'm Ooh. gonna say hey, yeah. real rock from Run the rock. The- <laughs> I'm gonna go with the Arkansas Little Rock Trojans. Did you know they were the Trojans, like I USC? That's crazy. So they've got a bunch of – they don't have any stars, right, but they got a bunch of players. So Hagens and Johnson and Wood and Jackson, they're all averaging, you know, 
eight, nine, twelve, thirteen points. So if they can keep the scoring down, It'd be a star if they win and drop another thirty points, though, Ray. <laughs> that's true. They got to keep the scoring low because I don't think that they can they can score like Iowa State. Iowa State's not great defensively, so I think if they can, you know, hold Iowa bad shots. Keep it in a low-scoring game. Not sure that they can they can run up and down with them, but they're this team's twenty nine and twenty nine and four. They're pretty, you know, they're pretty good. I have them sneaking into the Sweet Sixteen, beating Iowa in a close game, sixty four sixty two, low scoring. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You got you got to you got to feel that uh, the passion in that one. And you know what? It very well could happen. Butler, number nine, took care of uh, Tubby Smith's boys, Texas Tech, against UVA. I, you know, I like Butler, representing the Big East. They, they're very good. But I just think UVA, this is a special UVA team, and they, this is more of an offensive UVA team. So they always play great defense. Bennett's got them solid with defense, but this time he's got more scorers than just my, Malcolm Brogdon. So – I think UVA wins this game probably by a 10. I couldn't agree more. Malcolm Brogdon is the, the quietest superstar that nobody's talking about. He's an awesome player, and I think that Butler's run ends here. Virginia's so happy. I hope they're not looking ahead, but they're so happy that Michigan State's out. They're thinking to themselves, we're going to the Final Four. <laughs> now, this is a great game. UConn, number nine against number one Kansas, Ray, I got to say this. I totally forgot that UConn had Rodney Purvis, who transferred from NC State, and they are playing some great ball. Kevin Ollie's a great coach. This one, this might be the upset, Ray. This might be it right here. Really? You're sniffing it? This, I'm, I'm, sm- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to stick with Kansas. Smell me? But, I, but I, I'm going to stick with Kansas just because, boy, they, they can score. But I'm telling you right here, UConn, watch out. They might be able to do it. So I'll stick with Kansas just because that's who I picked, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if UConn won. No, I think it's a blowout. I think your four-headed monster, no stars on this Kansas team, no real pros, but you know, maybe Perry Ellis is a role player and the, and the pros gives you five, ten minutes. But ultimately, maybe. Ellis, <laughs> Selden, Mason, and Graham – that four-headed monster Graham is just is too nasty, much. Woo, I know they're just Devonte, and you know we gotta we gotta make our old yeah. Devonte team. Oh, right? we, def- we, def- <laughs> <laughs> we definitely we definitely need our old Devonte team. That listen, but, that is without question. We need yeah. our old Devonte team without a but doubt. But I'm gonna say that Kansas is too deep, so they, they yeah. have too much, and I think they cruise past too much time. This game is interesting. Um, I feel like did they play last year in the tournament? Utah against Gonzaga, uh, 11 against a three. This is not your average 11. And let me tell you something. Give them credit. They handled Seton Hall and Whiteside and those guards. Gonzaga's guards played really well that first game. Utah is sort of a sleeping giant that people are not talking about. I'm going to take Utah to beat Gonzaga, but this is going to be a close game. This is the last possession game for me. Because Gonzaga's really talented. So Utah wins. You know, the only issue that I have at this game, see, I think Utah wins more easily than you're saying because Mm -hmm. their strength is their size. And they have some outside, too, but they have the big fella, Jacob Potal. But 
the the size advantage that Gonzaga has against other teams, they don't really have against Utah. So that right. neutralizes their best player, you know, uh, Sabonis's kid, right? Um, Sabonis and the kid Wilcher, obviously, are their two best players. So I think that once you get past that, Utah's roster's better, they're deeper, and their guards can impact the game. So I like Utah by seven or eight. That's fair. That's fair. And then last game today, ah, our Tar Heels, number one against Providence. And let me tell you something. I'm not scared of Providence because even though sometimes Tar Heels, you know, don't have the defensive intensity, Providence was lucky to win that game. They're the number nine seed. They Dunn is sort of the best player that we hear about that when you watch him play, he is so sloppy, bad shot selection. I mean, and, and I love, you know, the other, the big guy, um, Bentland, uh, what's his name? Bentley. Yeah. The big inside. Yeah. He, they don't, they don't have enough weapons besides those two. If those two aren't scoring, UNC could blow them out by like 15. I don't know what the spread is, but goodness, I, I really got to believe that North Carolina is going to win this by 10 to 12. And Chris Dunn, I'm sorry, I feel like his stock has is, is dropped. The last 10 games of the season. North Carolina's favored by 11, yeah. yeah but you're right, though. Points. Chris Dunn is not for being, you know, an elite point guard. They squeak I by. I would not draft him. He cannot – he's not pure. Like, uh, it's so sloppy. So sloppy. So, I got North Carolina winning big. They'll probably cover that spread a lot. All right, well, let's move on to Sunday. So, well, at Barclays. First game, Iowa Villanova. Right, this is awesome. You smelling something? I, uh, you know what? I I I love what the Big Ten did this year, but I got to go with Villanova because when they whipped out their big man who didn't do much during the season, and then he got busy yesterday, and their guards and their athletes, I think when it comes down to it, they can match up with Utah and and, and Iowa, and I think Villanova winds up winning this game, defensive intensity. See, I'm going with upsets in Brooklyn. Wait. I think Jared Utah is the best player on the court, and Peter Jock is right behind him. So, and and obviously Clemens can play. So, you know, I think that the Iowa Hawkeyes keep the game close. They frustrate Villanova, who wants to score and chuck up threes and pick up the tempo and I just think that Iowa plays that down-home, gritty Big Ten basketball, and they pull the upset. I like so Iowa just, by a bucket. You're saying they're going to be what Purdue should have been and then wind up choking. <laughs> yep. I'm so disappointed by Purdue. Uh, don't get me started with that. So then Stephen F. Austin against Notre Dame. Ray, here's where Taze got his upset. I'm going with S.F. Austin. Stephen F. Austin is legit. They put it on West Virginia, and to me, Demetrius Jackson is not ready. Zach August will be an island onto himself and will not be able to get enough offensive for them. I think Michigan could have beat Notre Dame. It was a back-and-forth game. Stephen F. Austin, they're taking the Irish out. I agree 100%. I saw a team last night that wanted to be there, deserved to be there, thought they were better than the other team, and yeah. outplayed them. So Not too big for them. It's really not. Stephen F. Austin is ready, and Notre Dame showed me last night they weren't ready. They should have handled Michigan by much more than they did. I like SFA. 
<laughs> you know, it's so funny. People are going to start rocking these Stephen F. Austin jerseys soon, man, because that Why kid not? walk up is, is, yo, he is like, yo. They, their jerseys are dope, too, by the way. Their jerseys are, are crazy. I love that. So, VCU, Oklahoma, Ray, I told you, I like that VCU team. They just know how to play. They want to kind of do things without Shaka. They're, they're lasting past Shaka, who left them to go to Texas. His team has won before in a tournament, but it stops because Spangler, Woodard, Cousins, and our man, Buddy, Buddy Hill, Oklahoma advanced. Buddy, 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 all in my face. Yeah, that's too much. Too much Buddy, too much depth, too much talent. I think Middle Tennessee State, in their heart of hearts, they can do it. But for some reason, the zone and the way Syracuse is, is looking like they want to win for Beheim and play, I think Syracuse is going to win this game, the 10 against the, the 15. I'm going to take Syracuse. You know what? I, I agree. I, I really pulling for the upsets. I love when a 15 seed makes it, and a 15 against the 10. Middle Tennessee State uh, has a chance. Yes, uh, they do. Yeah, you're right. I think Syracuse has is, is probably got one more win in them. Hawaii against Maryland. I love Hawaii. I predicted them to win. Great upset. But I think Maryland can only beat themselves. And I think Maryland will get it together. They won't be sloppy like they were at the end of the game and almost, you know, let South Dakota State come back. Maryland beats Hawaii. I agree. Melo Trimble needs to contain himself and not foul out. How are you going to foul wow. out in the first round of that the was tournament? Killing me. Mello. But thank goodness, my man, my Mello. How about Jake Lehman balling out? Well, Lehman it. was, was you know, we all – that's why we predicted Maryland to be a Final Four team. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, I like Maryland this game. What about the next okay. game, Northern Iowa, Texas A&M? This might be one of the best games of the tournament. I'm going to say A&M wins because, you know what, they do everything solid. Davis, House, their players are just solid. They've been tested. Jalen Jones, A&M. yeah. Yeah. Texas A&M will beat Northern Iowa, but close game. They probably win by seven. Yeah, I think Northern Iowa's run is done. I thought it was a great matchup, great execution. Um, they bothered me a little bit by the fact that down the stretch, they, uh, you know, Texas, I think, out-executed them. So I think I think Texas A&M too tough. I think ultimately Texas A&M wins pretty big in this game. Yeah, I think Xavier slaps up Wisconsin and pulls away, wins by like 13. I, I don't think this is a good Wisconsin team. They I don't got think their so first They got win. a good matchup in Pitt, yeah. and and they both of these teams couldn't score. And then down the stretch, Pitt, Pitt couldn't execute, and they won a game in the 40s. I got to think Xavier's going to oh. put 60 or 70 on them, and they'll win easy. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Nigel Hayes. And then the last game on Sunday, St. Joseph's against Oregon. You know what? If St. Joseph's was playing anybody else, Ray, I would say they're a 316 team. They've had a heck of a season. I love Martelli. Great coach. Scrappy players. They are no joke. But to me, Dana Allman, he's got a bunch of ballers. Oregon is legit. The Ducks could be a Final Four team. The number one seed was not a fluke. They advance. I think they advance. I think they advance easily. St. Joseph's is lucky to get out of that game with Cincinnati unscathed. And I think they go down. And Oregon, everybody's going to see an Oregon team that's pretty legit. <laughs> well, listen, that's that's it. I love it. I mean, we're excited. Listen, we'll be back Monday. We're going to recap everything. Of course, we'll get to 
the NFL and the free agent moves, maybe a little spring training baseball, some NBA. We do have to say rest in peace to the family and to, to, to Trey Walker for the Ravens, the cornerback died in a motorcycle or dirt bike accident. That is, is horrific. And just, you know, God bless his family. That's sad, right? Uh, sad news. Yeah, that's just awful. You don't want to hear that at any age, but certainly at 23. Yeah. It's just mind-boggling. You got to be careful out there, boys and girls. Have fun, but be safe. Enjoy the games. Wichita State, Miami, CBS. Check it out. I'll see you on Monday with the Sweet 16. Thanks for listening.